This is the Pro Wrestling Post podcast, and on this week's show... Kenny Omega and Don Callis appear on Impact Wrestling, but does the storyline progress on Dynamite? And this Saturday evening, a historic main event will take place. All that and more. Hello everyone and welcome once again to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast and following on from last week I have been to promo school, I've sat under the learning tree of quite a few prominent promo men and women of the industry, uh, actually that's all lies, I just sat here and, and watched like McFoley interviews and Chris Jericho interviews and such like and hopefully I'll come across so much better this week. Along for the ride this week is my editor-in-chief, one of my best buds, my guy from across the ponds, it's Mark Madison. How are we, mate? We are great, my friend. How are you? Uh, I've had a stressful day. But... Yes, you have. That's a but... loaded question. <laughs> but uh, I'm here. You're here. We're chatting about wrestling. It's one of the highlights of my week. Honest to God, one of my highlights of my week because there's only so much wrestling chat my wife will take from me before she just, just you know, looks at me with like dead eyes like, uh, I'm done. So yeah, yeah. I th I think your your wife and my wife get along quite well in knowing that. I can I can only show them so many references to something because wrestling is everything in some ways. In some ways, it isn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's that that and wrestling memes. If I show my wife any more wrestling memes, I swear to God, she's gonna lock in a sleeper just to put me to sleep. Ah, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> shall we shall we jump straight in? Shall we? Let's go to it. Right, you mentioned there in the, the teaser open about Impact, and we spoke about it last week. This was a huge week for Impact. Apparently, the viewing figures were the best they've had, I think, ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was all because of, of, I would say, one man, but apparently it's two men. Do you want to expand on that a bit more, mate? Yeah, uh, we would definitely give credit to both Don Callis and Kenny Omega for being a major part of that. If we looked at numbers specifically, one of those things that contributed to it was their Twitch channel. And depending on where you get it, uh, the numbers are like increasing by about 50,000 viewers at that point. I know I accessed it through Twitch here in Canada, so I was able to enjoy it. And I looked forward to that end show promo. It was, uh, it, it was, it scratched the surface on, I guess, what's still to be. What about yourself? Did you get a chance to check it out? I watched it. I watched it the very next morning, obviously the time difference being over here. I saw a lot of hate online. Oh, so they, they just went on Impact to make an announcement of an announcement. There was a lot more to it than that. That's just selling them really short. There was no need to, yeah. to say that. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I The only thing that I let me down a little bit was I think Don Callis spoke too much. Mm. Kenny can do a good promo. It's been proved time and time again he's more than good for promo work he should have just let should just laid callis sorry should have just laid out and uh kenny should have just ran with it but i can i can see why callis had to take most of it he had to lay the groundwork and hopefully going forward and we'll talk about the AEW a bit later what about you did did callis talk too much or was it was it a perfect mix uh i found that and i think that was part of our teaser is did the storyline really progress and i can understand on impact laying down the foundation like you'd mentioned you need to have a groundwork for where their relationship started and they mentioned this didn't start a day ago a week a month but rather 27 years ago when the relationship first started and how callus is tied to um kenny omega's uncle and their relationship and i think partly that what was mentioned is that he was asked to give the eulogy at Omega's uncle's funeral, not knowing that his uncle was who trained him. So that Omega's uncle was who trained Callus when Callus was an aspiring wrestler. So I, I get that, and that was fine. But it felt like on Wednesday there was more repetition of what it was. 
yes, there's things that they're saying they're going to do, and I understand the same burn, but what is the plan? And I guess we can guess because it's always fun to speculate. How does this, are, are we going to be faced with the, does it progress slowly where they are saying the slow burn is what we need to be prepared for? Or is it going to be repetition? Oh, if you missed impact, you can catch the same sort of promo repeated the next night on Dynamite. I'm not 100% sure they're going to do the repetition thing. I reckon okay. they will this week, or as you guys are listening, guys and girls are listening, this week just passed. But I, I reckon that will be it. I don't think they can go down that route without being bashed. I mean, Tony Khan's already being bashed because he's a mark for himself. And I admit, I've, I've not bashed him, but I've said out loud that maybe he needs to take, take a step back and stop appearing on paid advertisements on Impact, which we'll right. get to in a minute. He needs, yeah, he needs to take a step back and book long term booking, which is what they said from the beginning. Which all the EVPs and, and Tony Khan have said it's all about long term booking. And to a, a point, they've done really well in the, in the, the whole of the, the history of AEW so far. So going forward, I'm not sure if there's going to be any more cross promotion with impact. I reckon that was just a one and done mm-hmm. because they, they didn't been- say. They didn't say anything on Impact, say, I'll be back next week. They didn't say anything on Dynamite, saying, watch me on, on Impact next week. I reckon that was just a one and done for Callis more than anything else, because that's yeah. the only common thread between the two shows. The promo was good. The promo was, it got its points across, and then they kind of, as you said, talked about the same promo again on Dynamite with a few little twists and turns, and that was it. It's, mm. it's left people wanting more. It's left a lot of people annoyed and bashing straight away on Twitter and, and whatever. But it, as, as a whole, it's left me wanting more. Now, are we going to go down the, and I'm going to say those goddamn awful words, retribution and raw underground route where nothing happens for weeks on end and we all just get bored or does things progress slowly but surely week by week until Kenny gets all the belts because that's what he said he's he's come out and said he wants all the belts Hmm. so then this working relationship is it just tied to kenny omega because there the idea was well hold on a second does this open the door to an exchange of talent and teams crossing each other and their that suggestion was something fans have put out there it's not been anything that led to an invasion type scenario or a group of of wrestlers coming over but maybe just like you said maybe the idea is that rich swan or moose need to keep an eye over their shoulder i don't think moose really has much to worry about <laughs> yeah uh in regards to to kenny rich swan definitely he uh, you know kenny's kenny wants the gold that's yep. he's he's the man with the gold like I said, it's left me wanting more, but I've been burnt and millions of others have been burnt with the Retribution and Raw Underground storyline. So I don't think we have a very long attention span. Let's hope that, that something happens, that something just even progresses week by week. That's what we're looking for. Uh, also, just before we leave Impact, let's uh, touch on a subject we're going to talk a bit more in depth about a bit later. but. As you just mentioned there, Rich Swan is the Impact World Heavyweight Champion, and he's going to be putting on his title up for grabs this Saturday, or this evening, as this podcast released on a Saturday, against Chris Bay. This is a historic main event. Would you like to, because I didn't even know about this, it was you that mentioned it to me earlier today, so mm-hmm. would you like to explain to the listeners why it's historic? It's historic because, uh, unbeknownst to us, and it was mentioned, and I think it's floated around uh, on a few sites, that this is the first time uh, two two black males are competing in the main events of a pay-per-view. Now, not the only one, but the first one in nearly 20... Um, that, it's pretty remarkable to think that... Now, it's not to say that they haven't faced each other, but at this standing, these stakes... 
this type of scenario playing itself out. So let's make sure that we're clear because of those that may want to jump back into, oh, wait a minute, no, that I don't, I can't count how many times the Hurt Business was in the main event of, whoa, 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 whoa hold on a second. Raw is not what we're talking about. Uh, a show is not we're, we're talking about a pay-per-view we're talking about the stakes being high like that where the champion is who they are holding as much clout as they do where it's of that kind of value and as i said we shall be talking about that at the close of the show because uh well it's 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 huge it's historic we'll push that to one side but bear with us dear listener we will be coming back we are now gonna quickly hop over to nxt We'll run down what happened on NXT this week. Uh, we had a very surprising return because I thought the guy was going to be out a lot longer than what he was. Karrion Cross, the former NXT champion, is back and uh, he has his eyes set on Damien Priest. Yeah, yeah, the Archer of Infamy. Yeah, not the uh, NXT championship, not Finn Balor. No, no, except that, that's just too simple. He wants to go for <laughs> Damien Priest. Do you have. Any idea why? Um, well, I'd like <laughs> to try and play this game of degrees of separation. Um, oh, you are hard pressed for this one, I think, surely. Yeah, I, I really, I'm just trying to look at was there ever anything that Hall, that Hall, that priest could have said that might have lit a fuse under because his focus was completely on on Johnny Gargano and Leon Ruff and the North American title. That was what filled his time. I'm sure before Karrion Cross got injured, I'm sure there was a little tete-a-tete between Priest and Cross. Nothing major, just some, just some words. That's the, uh, that, and even then, I'm not 100% sure, but that's the only thing that I can see as, as a tenable link between the two. Yeah. If, uh, if I'm sure I'm talking for a, pretty much 99% of everyone else that's listening to this, if I've just had to drop my title due to an injury suffered in a match, when I come back, I want that title. That's, that's the sole focus of, of my bigging. I need that title back. The title I had to lose or drop, and I wasn't even beaten for it, and yet he's come back to face Damien Priest and just let Bala just walk on by. I, I don't understand that kind of booking. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know unless in some way Balor becomes implicated, but it doesn't even necessarily feel that way. Although um, Scarlet and Balor did kind of have an exchange there. So I f- I f- was she putting him on notice though? Was she, was she just like you're next without sounding Goldbergish? <laughs> kind of, sort of. But yeah, it's it's I I don't understand for all the goods that. Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels and all the others back there at NXT do, they completely throw me off by things like this. I don't know. I don't get it. But but Karrion Cross is back. The sands of time have, have shifted and the countdown has begun and he doesn't want his title back. He wants to beat up Damien Priest. And to be fair, when you see Damien Priest in a hot tub with two hot-looking blondes, you know, he's got a point. <laughs> I Okay, but look, look who he's he goes home with i mean there's i I would not bat an eye at miss scarlet so (laughs) (laughs) so you know where where are where is your where are you focusing your anger my friend i mean so (laughs) hope we don't get in trouble for that one um cross yeah (laughs) please don't be listening yes yeah yeah really it's fine we're good we get away with it unsubscribe honey Also announced, I think it was last week actually, the NXT have another pay-per-view kind of style event on a Wednesday night. It is New Year's Evil. It will take place on January the 6th. I think Karrion Cross is going to be involved there somewhere, surely. Well, it's running head-to-head with another event actually, which is kind of interesting. It is. It is yeah. indeed. Last night, Bala said that he will be defending his NXT championship for just a second time because he's been out with a broken jaw, against a, an opponent of William Regal's choosing. And mm. three people stepped up last night and threw their hat in the ring. And Balor was like, you three fight amongst yourselves. Go talk to, to William Regal. 
I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I quite liked. So the three men that were left standing in the ring was Kyle O'Reilly, the man who broke Balor's jaw, Pete Dunne, and Damien Priest. Um, oh, oh. Did I hear uh did I hear your brain working overtime then, Mark? Yeah. Um so if you're carrying cross and you take out Damien Priest, does that insert you into that match to contend for the title? Ah, so would he so would it be along the lines of he's gonna take everyone else out until it's just him standing? So okay, so the idea is if it's a triple threat and you're carrying cross and you wipe out the entire competition. You know, we could have a scenario play itself out where much like when Oscar was the women's champion and she wipes out the complete the entire competition. Well, you have the former champion that never, never actually lost the title coming mm-hmm. back to reclaim it, which is where the breadcrumbs of Scarlet leaving uh, and coming crossing paths with Balor is to say you are next, but we're going to get to you by wiping out anybody that could potentially contend for that title. So I, you would be hard-pressed not to think that Carrion, in a triple threat, well, if you're not going to get disqualified, you can yeah. wipe out everybody, right? That makes sense. That makes, that makes sense. Problem with that is, though, is that, as I've said at the beginning of this NXT portion, the booking <laughs> is a bit haphazard for, for Triple H and his cronies at the moment down at NXT. Yeah. It, it, it could. It, it makes a lot of sense. It might work out that way. There's still... I think three three weeks until New Year's Evil, so maybe he takes everyone out once, like you know, week after week after week until his last man standing, and then, or or what have you, or a five way, or or a scramble, or or whatever he's. Like. I know his favourite words war games, but we've just had that, so <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 looking good. NXT have, have slowly picking themselves up. They've been. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They haven't. They haven't. They've been un- overshadowed by AEW over the past two weeks due yep. to Sting coming back, due to the Impact and AEW connection. So seeing them come back is like this. They're on the right track. They're on the right track. Can I very quickly just slightly come off NXT and talk about Triple H and his you, comments last you week? Certainly can, my friend. So, folks, myself and Mark, for the last three or four days, have been going backwards and forwards about whether to talk about this on the pod. And I was like, screw it, let's do it, because I I have things to say. So after AEW announced that Kenny Omega was going to appear on Impact last week, and the IWC just went completely crazy saying, oh, there's there's cross-promotion going on. Wow, this is changing the face of wrestling, which it has. The very next day... Triple H took a conference call. Nothing unusual there. He takes them all the time. He spoke about the possibility of being open for business with other promotions. And basically, it all boils down to whether or not it makes long-term sense. Now, me and Mark have gone through this, this statement about four or five times, and we still cannot see where the other promotion involved with WWE would get anything out of it, apart from being linked. He's, I'm quoting here. So he, he was talking about the promotions that they're in conjunction with now. Look at what you've seen in the past. Progress, IWC, Evolve, all those things. Yeah, we're open for business in a lot of ways. Mark, do you want to go first before I lose my rag? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if, I, if I'll put it as eloquently as you, but I'll give it a shot. Um, so open for business in a way that it benefits you. Well, doesn't, isn't beneficial in business have some sort of give and take? Isn't that how business is done? There's got to be an exchange of some sort of goods, some sort of product, some sort of service, and that both parties are happy with the end results. When you publicly state that it has to benefit you long-term and yet you've, you've mentioned some of the the past business exchanges of WXW and ICW and Progress falling under the or in Evolve uh, falling under the the WWE umbrella how is this no different than 
when Vince Jr. was trying to close up territories. It's not it's not business. It's exactly monopoly. That. Exactly yeah. that. He's yeah. ah, it, uh, I can't see well, what it's just about a year, eighteen months since I'm gonna use progress as an example because it's the one closest to me. It's about eighteen months since progress said, Yep, we're in a relationship with WWE. And everyone was like, Oh my god, we're gonna see NXT stars at progress shows. We're gonna see progress boys and girls going up over to over there. And then obviously NXT UK happened. So cherry picked the talent from there. How has that exactly helped progress? Now, before all you listeners jump on my back and say, well, progress needs to start making stars. ICW needs to start making stars. I 150,000% agree with you. But they've, they've, they've given nothing back. They've taken and given nothing back apart from some money, I take it. And then, and then he carries on with this. Are we open to the right business opportunities? Yeah. At any given time, we're open to things. It depends on what they are. Are they beneficial to us for the long term? Are they beneficial to us for the long term? Where in that little statement there does he talk about the other promotion? Because all I see is him thinking about WWE. I, it, it drives me insane that people still want to see WWE working with Progress, ICW, XW, Evolve as a good thing. I cannot see it. Not anymore, especially after Triple H's statement. Whether or not it was a Freudian slip, whether or not he, he meant to say it, I don't know. But the fact is, he said that it has to be beneficial to them in the long term. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Okay, have you got anything else to say? <laughs> well, I'm going to go and punch a wall in a minute. Okay, well, from any business perspective, of course, any sports teams, I'm sure you could even make a football analogy or a soccer analogy, right? You always want to get the best of that deal. Do you publicly state that that you're going to do that and that that's going to be your goal is to make sure that whatever that deal is, that it transpires, that you walk away as the winner? Maybe not the the conference call and the conversation to have. Of course, you want to benefit from it. But if somebody knows that in the long term they that they're going to have to close up shop was the opportunity to give back to fans a grassroots level that they love and and cherish and enjoy ultimately worth it to them too. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't own a promotion. I don't run that business. I don't know if that's what's important to them. Clearly it's important to the WWE to try and scoop up talent and strengthen their resources. The problem is we see this scenario continue to play out taking as much talent as you can so the others aren't utilizing them are you using them for something greater is there a bigger picture five ten years down the road well i don't know because those things aren't necessarily transpiring except for nxt and the nxt uk which is the quickest offshoot that they have where their ties are ref pro or um ipw or progress right icw they're all kind of housed there so then did they try to do the same thing in another country where they I, feel that they can try and, and they another country need to stand up and go do you know what sod off leave us alone if you if you compare what impact and aw announced last week and it wasn't even an announcement what AEW did is they they put they shone their their spotlight on Impact, which gave Impact its biggest audience in however many years. WWE will not do that for anyone else. They do not want to shine their spotlight on anyone else because they're worried about the competition or they're worried about something. I I don't even know. They are the biggest behemoth of a corporation that there possibly could be, and yet they're still worried about everyone else. AEW and WWE are two totally different entities. Impact and AEW are two totally different entities. But what Tony Khan and everyone else there are trying to do 
it feels like to me that they're trying to bring back a territory feel not the territories so to speak but they want to to help bring everybody up you've got kenny going on rants saying that he wants the, the the top gold in every promotion he's the triple a mega champion he's the aew world champion he wants the impact world championship he's an ex iwgp heavyweight champion what's to say he won't show up at new japan i've heard rumors saying that that kota ibushi is going to win the iwgp titles at wrestle kingdom 15 and as he's standing there celebrating the ring and confetti's going off and the crowd are going completely bananas or banana you you see Kenny Omega walk out on top of the stage and just point at him. All this just elevates everyone else, whereas WWE wants to keep their foot down on everyone else. That's the way I see it. And until Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Vince, until they show me something different, that is what I'm going to see. And I I, I, I cannot for the life of me see why people keep giving WWE second chances third chances oh they've done this before but they'll do this no i i'm i'm so close so close to just throwing in the towel with them again do you know what i'm done you know uh, it's interesting that we go back to that statement you know if it's we're open for business to do provided it i'm paraphrasing here right provided it it benefits us in the long term and they did business with progress and now, despite the speaking out movement, it, you, you and I have talked off offline about this, and it's a watered-down version. And they did business with WXW, and uh, to some extent, I guess it's a watered-down version. I, I can't really, I don't have a gauge to compare it to. ICW, Evolve isn't in, in, in existence anymore. If this is the template for doing business, where they're running opportunities and buying up catalogs to fill network time so you create a tier for your fan base to have to purchase wow man that's that's pretty ruthless because now sorry we're not watching live programming too there is no live shows right so you're forced to have to buy streaming service in this particular climate with the pandemic filling our times and you might have a live show potentially if you live in Florida and you, and you sit a hundred meters away from somebody else in an <laughs> auditorium, but typically they're not happening. The cinematic might be the option, but while you're, you're really, you, you need to lean into promotions like um, that will air off of IWTV, right? Which is yeah. wonderful streaming service and will provide you all those options and they'll house and they'll and they'll promote shows, and it's minimal, but that's the grassroots that you and I still love. Yeah, very listeners for <laughs> probably bursting your eardrums with a load of anger and hatred. This this is it's just a big corporation bully pushing everyone around, and not not many people are standing up to them, and just just seeing them then turn around to spin it and say, oh well, you know. If as long as long as it's all right for us, we'll work with everyone else. Nah, stop, mm. stop bullshitting. Excuse my language. <laughs> just, just stop it. Yeah. What do you guys think, you guys and girls out there? What do you think? Let us, let us know. Drop us. We'll, we'll do our socials later. Drop us a, a, a tweet, a message. Drop us something, a smoke, smoke signal, something. I don't know. Just, just let us know. <laughs> it's, it's, I can't be the only one out there that thinks, or even Mark as well, but obviously not as. Not as angry as me, but we can't be the only ones out there that feel like this. Just give us a shout. We'll do we'll do all the socials at the end anyway. <sighs> Breathe. Did you any of you look see Bad Boys Two? Do you know Bad Boys um, Two, the film? Yeah, it, years ago. Years yeah, ago. So there's a part where Martin Lawrence, where he gets stressed out, he rubs his earlobes and goes, Woosa. Yeah. <laughs> that that's me right now. Woosa. See, and I would think rush hour. And do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? It, <laughs> it feel oh. like what I would be shouting. It is clear. Ah, so now I'm all woosard out. I'm all vent. I'm vented. I'm nice and relaxed and chilled now. So, should we talk about an underwhelming AEW Dynamite? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it feels like this episode is just us frustrated, frustrated. Um, 
and disappointed. And, and I don't know why that is because we look forward to talking about it and, and we're typically not really negative guys. We, this, were not, this is, we, re- we say this, we've said this from day one, when this pod started that all of us, Pete as well, when, when he was here, hi Pete, hi, how you doing hey, down, 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 brace, down there? Read brace for impact. Brace for, <laughs> every week. Nice. Every week. Um, but yeah, we, we've said from the beginning, we are positive guys. We, we always try 99% of the time, try and see the best in everything. So after last week's AEW Dynamite, it was left everyone completely shell-shocked. It was like, oh my God, we cannot wait for Impact. Impact came and went. It was like, okay, let's see how Dynamite goes. Dynamite turns up, and I watched it, obviously, uh, this morning, and I was a bit meh about it, if, if to be perfectly honest. Sure, let's, let's, talk about the one, let's talk about the thing that, that got me annoyed the Shaq and Tony Schiavone <laughs> chat, which got totally overtaken by a certain Brandy Rhodes. What the hell was that about? Did, <laughs> did, that, did that make any sense? Yeah, I, I, I think it was. So it's some way to sort of incorporate Shaq, I guess, into something long-term. But to see Shaq that subdued is almost uncharacteristic because to see him on TNT when it comes to basketball or just to hear him in interviews, he's wisecracking, he's savvy, he's smart, he's clever in what he says. Although I think he's a flat earther. Is he really? Yeah, I think so. I think so. He apparently oh. yeah, so but that's that's for another day. Um and if you're hey, if you're a listener and you're a flat earther, we don't want we love all shapes of the earth. We we may not necessarily believe with your view, but hey, the earth is what you make it. And we're all in it. So I'm hoping we can all agree on that. That not was thing. Nice as we nice move color. on. <laughs> I try to. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it made sense because it was all about pushing Jade uh, Gardo. Um, so See, that made sense. That yeah, made but sense. I just don't know the relationship that Shaq yeah. has. It's just something. There was, no, there was no backstory said. And yeah. every time that Shaq tried to talk, Brandy just made it about her mm-hmm. and then and then she threw a bloody drink over him she's a braver woman than me because christ shaq's what seven foot he'd stamp on me like i'm an ant mm-hmm. it's, it was very strange i i i can see the reason why they did it they wanted to to push on with the with the jade storyline it didn't progress because brandy kept holding it back yeah is is that that's how it felt to me. It's... I don't want to be disrespected, so let's. Uh, and, and because as okay, we've we've settled it. She gets up to start to walk away, and she's just like, "Yeah, you you might want to take some pointers from Jade." So I don't know if if Shaq <laughs> is kind of turned the knife in there, but he said it in this way that is so calm. But she was already she, she churned it up so that it was regardless as to how he said it. Mm. she just made it tenfold and that she's so insulted, so offended. That was the worst part, I think. It was okay at best, and I'm being really, really, really polite. It was just a shame that Brent... I was looking forward to Tony and Shaq just having a chat, and it didn't work out like that. So, again, we'll see how where this storyline goes. At least we know that AEW do... 75% of the time do long-term booking really well. So mm-hmm. let's hope for that. From one one promo, we'll go to another promo, which was quite strange. Sting, the icon, yeah. is back on TNT. He was chatting away to his mate, Tony, gave him a hug, and then a, another awkward-looking hug. <laughs> <laughs> Got him to shout the word Sting, or it Sting, like he did last week. Oh, by the way, just I'm just going to mention this. So when I woke up and like Sting was was hit, like, announced on the show last week and everything else, the first thing I text my friend Dan was "It Sting," really, really big capital letters, and he didn't understand what it was because he hadn't seen Dynamite yet, and I looked like oh, a right okay. prat. Um, but yeah, Sting came along and had a chat. What did you think to that? It was, oh, I don't know. It was awkward. It it almost felt like. 
come on, bring it in, Tony. You haven't hugged me in 25 years. And the look on Tony's face is like, if you pull me in any closer, it'll be another 25. <laughs> because, because you're not demonstrating social distancing. Oh, you're not. Face paint doesn't count as a mask, man. So it felt, it looked awkward. And uh, Tony felt, looked uncomfortable with that. He really did. He really, really did. That I'm, I'm caught. Have you seen many of the gifts that are floating about because of that? And oh, no, no, I haven't. I'll send you some later. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> so then, Cody, Cody Rhodes comes out. We can call him Cody Rhodes now. So Cody mm-hmm. come out and uh, started chatting away to Sting, and Sting started talking about Cody. Then he started talking about Darby Allen, who was sitting up in the stands, a la Sting back in the back in the day. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't. It didn't go anywhere. He he's given that one line that I always tied to Sting, which was a great line. The one sure thing about Sting is nothing's for sure. Sure, and, yeah. But if there's one line in his career that's always stood out, I know people have been critical about about Sting's promo skills. It it does the job. It, he does what he needs to do. It, it so if we were to try to interpret it, it almost felt like what he did with Cody was, yes, Cody, you're you're here. You're at this level and you're doing a nice job, but yeah, you're still kind of not at my level. It's almost like you're still just Dusty's son. Like the condescending pat on the head. Yeah. And the hug and almost like, mm. Hey little guy. And, and you could almost, I don't know if, if AEW has ties to Twitch, but I almost felt like there was a Twitch on Cody's face when it came to, you're not, showing me that mutual respect that I had for you as a, you were my favorite. And, but the thing is, he never mentioned that he wasn't, he didn't go fanboy ish. Mm. He, he weaved that, he, he walked that line of, I wanted to share a ring with you, but how did you want to share the ring? Like compete against him or just, Hey man, we're in the same ring together. This is really amazing. So I wasn't sure what role Cody's supposed to play here because Sting's presence was enough to make others scatter. And maybe this is a um this is a quest for Cody to earn Sting's respect. So I don't know if we're looking at a heel turn. The relationship with with Darby Allen. So if you saw that promo where Darby is being shown images, those stills, do you, do you remember that portion? Yeah, the the horse arsh, whore, rash. I can't even pronounce it. Horse. Yeah. It's the, that track. thing we, yeah, it's the yeah. one. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. I think that was, I remember that from Watchmen too, but exactly, um, yeah. Yeah. And then he, he shows, and then Sting's face paint. That's is right. one that he's shown. He looks over at it. He smiles and kind of chuckles. So there's clearly something that they're trying to align Sting with Darby some way. Mm-hmm. And if he is going to be kind of the prodigy or the the pupil or the next or the um, the second coming, you know, what better way to you're going to earn my respect? I'm going to take out the one person that I don't know if that's the plan because he literally folded the TNT title, did Cody when he handed yeah. it to the, so that that was almost like no, not only did you win it, you earned it, and you get my respect, and so. I don't know if they're looking at continuity, but it, it would definitely get to sting if they tried to make this and, and implicate implicate Darby Allen somehow. If so, uh, we do have, you turn by Cody? Do you see Sting stepping foot in the ring? Uh, the only reason I see uh, Sting stepping foot in the ring is because the belief is that there's ways in how they want to run it that they protect him. That he still elevates others, but they're looking at him in really controlled environments. Do I think it's a good idea, and do I think it's going to happen? Are two very diff- different yeah, things. Yeah, right? I think I think just having just standing next to Sting is going to elevate you because yeah, Sting hasn't really been seen that much in the past six, seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. Even when he was under WWE contract, it was very, very sporadic, and he wasn't there all the time in your face being in the ring with him is, is gonna is gonna give you the rub straight away mm-hmm. but as you said put him in the ring we don't know what his physical condition is like 
after the the Seth's buckle bombs and everything else. It's it's a hard one to call. I just hope that they don't go down the Matt Hardy route where remember when he smacked his head on the concrete and he was fine to continue and then he wasn't and he was fine. I just hope they've got a definitive doctor there that just gives him the 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 best physical they can possibly get and he if he passes it great. If he doesn't, then no. But in failing that, Sting should know when to step foot in the ring and not to. So we'll just another one, see where it goes. Hopefully it's a lot better than than the Shaq, Jade and Brandy one. So uh, unless they're, yeah, and you're, and you talked about Matt Hardy, right? So yeah. are they, so um, now apparently his doctors cleared him. AW's doctors may have cleared him, but I, I, I question that a little bit because of, like you said with Matt, would you really you take a concussion? How quickly would you put somebody in the ring? Mm-hmm. Um, at 61 years of age, that risk is just elevated. Uh, I, I You can be in top condition, but your reaction time is slower. We saw it with The Undertaker, who was younger than Sting was, and was having the same sort of reaction, right? Yeah. So he, he made it out of that match with with Ambrose, and he walked out because he's of a different ilk, right? But I, I'm really I, I'm cautious as to what's going to happen if they do a live match. If it's not cinematic, if it's not pre-recorded, if it's not orchestrated in a way where you don't have that kind of exchange, especially now where, especially in AEW, it typically is a lot of spots, um, a lot of stiff exchanges. Not to say that he can't do that, but I don't know if he's got the ring conditioning of guys that are in there or girls that are in there daily, weekly. Yeah. You know, it would be very guarded and very protected with who they're, they have him in there with. Um, that's why Sammy Guevara was in there with the Matt Hardy. And yet it always felt like it was a recipe for disaster. <laughs> and that's not, and that's not necessarily a, a knock on Sammy. It's just circumstances, right? Who yeah. else did they feel would have been the best to elevate? This is maybe where the Darby Allen comes in. The same time, I don't know. Well, Sting signed a a long term deal. He said so himself in in the promo that he's going to be yeah. around for a long time. Bringing bringing him in even with this Darby Allen Cody storyline. What what happens after that? If he if he if he gives Darby the the crow persona or mm. you know puts his arm around him and, and tries to mold him. Once that's done, what's next? Because I don't think, as you said, he, he shouldn't be in the ring or won't be in the ring. Does he become a manager for someone? Does he become, a, as you said last week, maybe the GM or I, I don't know. Well, there's different types of scenarios that could play themselves out. There is darkness within the light that is sting as his character is mm-hmm. maybe there is something down the line with dark order um the, regardless as to the, how big or small they are could there be something where um there are issues or past unresolved things that happen with tully blanchard and sting and that pulls um uh, sean spears and the history of the black glove right and that pulls into the nwa and wcw with Barry Windham and those ties. Could we see Dusty, sorry, Dustin and Sting at some point cross paths? Could we see any of those scenarios? We see the Murder Hawk monster and Lance Archer. Well, Sting and Jake Roberts have history yeah. together. Do they say that? Do they? So, I mean, this is where we look at degrees of separation. Uh, things that may not have been resolved, potentially being resolved. There's history with those that are already brought in and maybe new things that they could try to connect, right? Mm. Um, I don't know if there was ever any issues or underlining jealousy between Brian Pillman and Sting, but, you know, um, Brian Pillman Jr.'s there. Maybe he tries to... I mean, you could... Turn any something in nothing into something. I'm sure if you look and really dig into it, and there are paths that they crossed, right? It, Taz 
was a forefront for ECW at one point, whereas in another promotion, they may not even say it, as part of TNT was where <laughs> Sting was, right? And do they cross paths? And you see Ricky Starks. And so his, maybe it's allegiances and fighting on behalf of rather yeah. than necessarily being in the ring. But um, the scenarios are there if they play them out. I just don't know what they are long term. See, this is why you're here. This is, <laughs> this is, you're like the yin to my yang because I'm like stressed out still from a Triple H rant and I can't see straight and. If you listen to some people, I can't talk straight. And if you listen to me last week, I definitely couldn't talk straight. <laughs> so hearing hearing you talk succinctly and, and honestly and how possibly this could go and that could go, yeah, see, you are the yin to my yang. <laughs> listen, we, listen, with any podcast or any wrestling fan that, that looks into any of these ideas, part of the fun is the speculating. Uh, we wouldn't do this on a on a norm, but what more do we have to do other than to talk about what's topical, right? It's important to fans. It's important to us as fans, and we can't claim to know more than any rumor that circulates. And rumors are rumors um, until they're not rumors anymore, and then it's <laughs> truth, right? And we've heard a lot of rumors about a lot of events happening, some good, some bad, and we. I hope some rumors are true. <laughs> so, so we're going to finish up now with that historical main event. We Mark spoke about it very briefly this this Saturday evening at Final Resolution. Chris Bay will take on Rich Swan for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. This, as Mark said earlier, is the first time in 19 years, just short of 20 years that two black men participate in a main event of a pay-per-view. That, that, is, that threw me because I was, in today's day and age, I thought this had already happened more often than once in 19 years. Is there, is there any reason as to why it's taken so long? Just, just not in impact, but in just wrestling in general, for the for the, the big companies, your impacts, your your WWEs, etc. I I can't see how and why it's taken so long. Well, I don't have a a good reason, but I do have <laughs> a no no I, I have a a reason for why it is happening as opposed to why it isn't. Mm. I think society needed to do more than just give lip service to trying to change the way uh, a culture is seen, utilized, respected, and valued. And we have 2020 where Black Lives Matter, and it's just an example of any injustice given to anybody, and this is why it's important. So it needed you needed a shadow shift. Maybe the world just needed to stop and the pandemic to happen, and maybe things just need to come together for people to shake up, pay attention and say, it's not the color of their skin. It's the quality of their skill. And they are super talented and this is the opportunity. So why are we going to rest on it another six months while we have an audience that can pay for it anytime to end and to close 2020 in a pay-per-view is monumental. I think mm -hmm. if yeah. there is a, a light that could be shone on anybody, it is these two men at this time right now. Don't wait next month. Don't wait next week. Well, we're going to have to wait this week, but don't wait. Stop waiting. Now is the time, and this is right. This is the right business for two people that super deserve it. If anybody has seen the ultimate finesser, Chris Bay is super talented. I, there, whether he's smooth in the ring or smooth on the mic, he is, he is talented, and people are familiar with Rich Swan. And it's so it's so far removed from being the cruiserweight champion in somewhere else to being the heavyweight champion or the the world champion here. It's fantastic, and couldn't happen to two better guys. Indeed, I I saw Chris Bay. I think he was wrestling for Without a Cause, mm -hmm. and I saw him up. Well, I didn't see him up there because obviously I wasn't there, but I saw him online. And he blew me away. I've been, 
I've been waving his flag over here for about a year now. <laughs> so seeing him rise up the ranks, I mean, it's not been an impact that long. I think it's about six months, seven months. Yeah. He's been in, in impact. Actually, no, a bit longer than that. But anyway, he hasn't been in impact long and he's worked his way up the card and he's now at a main event level. He's taking on Rich Swan for the title. It's, 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 just, it's just an amazing feel-good story. I just want to touch, do you think earlier this year that GCW's For the Culture event, do you think that helped this happen? Not, I mean, not just the match, but helped shine a light on why there hasn't been that many black main events. Hmm. I had the chance to speak to Shane Taylor, uh, Ring of Honor Shane Taylor. And while the idea of For the Culture is good and the motivation, we never want it to be a one-off. So if it got the ball rolling and I almost having it delayed and happen in October really isn't a far stretch from it being what it is now in December, mm. I, I would I would say it's if it started the ball rolling because there's talent that were part of Impact and part of that particular show, then all the power to, to GCW for getting the ball rolling. And I also think the talent have an opportunity where they can speak up. And if there's a promotion where it feels like their voice is heard, it's an impact. It's in it's an AEW. It certainly seems that way. If their voices are being heard and their ideas are being accepted and they've given carte blanche, then this was just the next logical step, right? You can't profess to want to support something and not demonstrate it on screen, yeah. whether it's uh, a particular culture or particular um, sexual orientation or how do you remove the stereotype but to embrace the culture and and make what they do and how talented they are at the forefront right indeed indeed such eloquently put there great words great words there from my broski from another country that works doesn't it does that work yep, yep it, does it does work excellent i haven't run that past anyone i've been holding on that for two weeks so there we go, folks. Another episode is in the books. It is time to go home. Mark, as always, hit us with your socials. Uh, you can reach me uh, or our site Twitter handle at Pro Wrestling PST. My own individual, um, in, independent individual uh, Twitter handle at the Mark Madison. You can reach us on Instagram at Pro Wrestling Post or on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Pro Wrestling PST. Fantastic. And as always, you can find me at Mark Blake PWP on Twitter, or you can get involved with the podcast Twitter at PWP underscore pod. As always, we will be back this time next week with what I don't know. Hopefully I won't be as stressed, but it doesn't matter because my wingman, my ying to my yang, my broski from another country will be right here. So until then, thank you very much and adios. Take care. <laughs>